2: Good. When Christian Speak Talk Radio is a 501c3 nonprofit ministry. All of your gifts to this ministry are tax deductible. Go out to our website, www.whenchristianspeak.com, and click on our donation page.
0: Logan, thanks unto Listen to When Christians Speak Online Talk Radio. On Blog Talk Radio, iHeartRadio, Spreaker.com, all of our broadcasts are available as podcasts through SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Blueberry.com, Zoom.com, Stitcher.com, Lisbon.com, and BlogTalkRadio.com. To listen to our broadcast by phone, dial 646-478-0660. Again, that number is 646-478-0660. Go visit and like our Facebook page, When Christians Speak Talk Radio. Also be sure to check out Christians Against Suicide and Depression. It's a page dedicated to sharing God's love, encouragement, and hope. There are prayer warriors standing by to receive prayer requests, doing intercession for those under attack by the lie and deception of the devil. We know that the devil came to steal, kill, and destroy. But praise God, Jesus came to set the captives free. Challenge
1: to change where transformation begins with you. Change appears to be one of the biggest hindrances to growth from relationships that I have encountered while in ministry. Our focus is usually on someone else and what they have done or are doing to us, instead of us being accountable to God and making sure we're not a stumbling block to ourselves or others. Challenge to change is about us taking personal responsibility for our Christian walk as we face challenges and issues and how to overcome them through biblical tools and techniques that we will discuss on this show. Everything about this show is encompassed in us depending on the Holy Spirit to edify, enrich, and transform lives by introducing individuals to a personal encounter with God's unconditional love. That is where real transformation begins and ends. Father, in the name of Jesus, I come before your throne, washed in the blood of Jesus. I thank you for giving me the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might. Make me a quick understanding so I do not judge by what I see with my eyes or hear with my ears, but by what your Holy Spirit reveals to me. We thank you, Jesus, for your presence and ask you to be Lord over this ministry and all that is done here. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to anoint this time of prayer and ministry. We claim the blood of Jesus over this session for our protection. We proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord here and that this is holy ground. We take authority in the name of Jesus and the power of his blood and word and command all evil spirits to leave this property now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much. Thank you, Corey. Man, want to talk about self-talk? That's what we've been talking about, self-talk. So, you know, God talks to you when you're minding your own business. And I'm over there in worship. And all of a sudden, he shows me how he called me into ministry. And he equipped me with everything that I would need. And he said, you added self-talk to what I told you so that you could be here. See, I'm just this, this little boy from Covington, Virginia. And now I'm speaking internationally to people all over the world. But my self-talk was that, I'm, who am I to do this? But his self-talker says, Paul, I've called you to ministry. I've called you. He said, so shall my word, so shall Paul be to go forth out of my mouth. He shall not return unto me void, but he shall accomplish those things which I please. And he shall prosper in the things wherefore I send him. Now we know in Isaiah talks about so shall my word be, talking about Jesus. But when he called me, this is what he told me. So shall Paul be that goeth forth out of my mouth. He shall not return unto me, boy. So all I heard all that night, 1985, was that scripture over and over again. And that morning I woke up and I shared it with my wife. And she said, soon as we go, I was a member at Richmond Christian Center. And I am thank God for the, the teaching that Pastor Parson taught me and my family. And I didn't see him, so I ran up to one of the pastors, assist, assistant pastors. And he said, Paul, you've been called in the ministry my wife and I, we we smiled at each other. Because who were we? But we were God's children. So my self-talk had to change. I had to start talking a little different. So every time I came up with an excuse, I replaced it with a word. And the word says, I can do. I say, Point to yourself, I can do all things through Paul that strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me. So whenever an obstacle came up, I gave that obstacle to Christ. So shall my word be the goeth forth out of my mouth. So guys, when we use self-talk to talk to the circumstance of the situation, it doesn't hear us. It hears him. He's the one that's backing his word. So in order to use the word, we got to know the word. It's just that that simple. So every time so Lord, where are we going to meet? And then he showed me a gentleman that I was in a workshop with. And this gentleman, it was a pastor of a church, he walked up to me and he said, tell you what, I like how you teach. Because we got I did question and answer in workshops and seminars. So he said, if you ever need anything, ask me. So I ran for ministry for 25 years. So what kind of self-talk would I have to have to run for ministry for 25 years? I can't do it. I gotta give this up i never seen uh, pastors have fun. They always look like they are serious. Never seen a pastor uh, ride a bike. I love to cycle. Never seen a pastor at the beach. So it's like, I got to give up all this stuff? That was my self-talk. But he said, well, what are you going to get in return? I'm going to put you in a place where you're going to save millions of lives. I'm going to put you in a place. I'm, I'm going to get you into counseling. So now self-talk, you, you just follow me. You just do what I tell you. So I'm going to trust you. I'm going to rest in you. And he's going to open up these doors. And so, guys, there are people out here waiting on you to change your self-talk so you can answer the call so their lives can be changed. See, there are people like Corey that only Corey knows those people. Like Teresa, that only Teresa knows those people. Like Shane, that only Shane knows those people. Like Michelle, that only knows those people. I can't get to them. Well, you can but we too busy using self-talk to to put us down instead of rise us up raise us up that's the correct term for that raise us up. so guys let, let me let me share this scripture with you. first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 in the amplified first corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 in the amplified it says no temptation regardless of its source see with this coronavirus they're trying to figure out where did it come from But in this scripture says, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience. And that means that everything you're going through, somebody else has already gone through it. So you can't say your stuff is unique because someone had already gone through what you're going through. For is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance? So the enemy hadn't come up with anything yet that we can't resist because his name is above what? Every name. Every name. But it goes on to say, but God is faithful to his word. He's faithful to what? His word. Not your word, but his word. Now, he uses your word to grow things. But you got to know his word so that he can be faithful to it. So when I started using self talk to say I can do all things through Christ that strengthens me, then what happened was he used that word to grow me. He uses that word to grow the ministry. The same way you need to start talking about if you believe in God for a job. Then you got to find a word that you can stand on pertaining to that job. And when you apply for the job, you use the word. Thanks be unto God, which always causes me to triumph. Can I use that for a job? Well, when they call you back and say you didn't get it, then you just say thank you. But I thank you that God always causes me to triumph. That's your self-talk. Then it goes on to say, he is compassionate and trustworthy. oh you mean to tell me he's not a whooper? He's not a beater? He's not a, a condemner? He's a convictor. Convictor is, Paul, you're better than this. Paul, go ahead and apply for that because I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to empower you to do it. Compassionate means that he is the one that understands what you're going through. His word says that he's not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Have I not said it? Will I not bring it to pass? He wants to bring his word to pass in our lives. But is our self-talk hindering that? God don't know. Ne- he never does anything for me. He never answers my prayer. What's your self-talk? And Malachi says, your word has been stalled against me. Tell about self-talk. So we can start his word. Our word can stop him from working in our lives. So we've got to watch what, I say, what we say. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. So you mean he's placed some responsibility on us? Beyond your ability to resist. But if you're getting tempted, you need to talk to him. Father, I'm being tempted in such and such area. Help me. And it goes on to say, but along with the temptation, he is. Now, y- y'all check this out. This goes along with the song Corey was singing. Alpha and Omega. He's the beginning and the end. He's the first and the last. And it goes on to say, he said, and, and he has in the past, where is that? Behind me. Is now what's right in front of me. And will always provide the way out as well so that you will be able to endure it without yielding. So I don't have to yield. I can walk through. I don't have to yield. I can surpass, I don't have to yield. I can be victorious. And we'll overcome temptation with joy. So guys, at the end of this, when all this is over, whatever your situation and circumstance, you should be, have overcome it with joy. You should be telling people what's gonna happen in that situation. It looks like I don't have a job, but I have many options. That's one of the things we say here at CGM, says you have three job offers. And each one is going to be better than the one before. Now, I listen to what God said. He said, you tell your congregation that. So I'm telling you that. And what happens is when people get a job, they normally have three, two jobs after that. And they'll just start fighting over them. So see, then you can turn around and say, well, this person offered me this amount. This person offered me this amount. But this person offered me this amount. Now, which one should I take? That's where you ask for the wisdom of God. Remember in James it says, if you lack wisdom, ask. There's no reason why we don't know things. All we got to do is ask. All right, so, so that's part one of the service, okay? I just, just that, that worship thing got to me. All right, so we've been talking about depression. Goliath, the, the depressor, okay? So I left you on Thursday night, half hour. And by the way, if you haven't joined us before on Thursday night, feel free to do that on uh, Facebook Live, Thursday night at 7. So I went over, when, when you focus on problems, what, what does focus mean? That's all I can see. You get more problems. But when you focus on possibilities, you have more opportunities. When you focus on possibilities, you have more opportunities. So, which one seems open to you? I'm not limited. I have opportunities. I have opportunities to grow. And self talk comes along and says, well, you know, are you okay with this? Are you okay with growing? Your self-talk says, I'm I'm up for the challenge. I was born for this. So we we looked at three cognitive distorted thinking patterns. So all we were able to do on Thursday was all or nothing thinking. Now I'm dealing with what causes people to get depressed. Now I'm not talking about if it's genetic or if there's medication that you're taking that would lead to the side effects might be depression. I'm talking about your thought life and these three that I've seen over 30-something years in counseling that causes depression. So all or nothing thinking, we talked about that on Thursday. All or nothing thinking magnifies the importance of mistakes and imperfections. So when you do something, if you are all or nothing thinker, then what happens is you only see in black and white. Either I made a 100 or I failed. So at life, you start to think like that. If you are all or nothing thinking. If your performance falls short of perfection, you see yourself as a total failure. So, can you see how a lifestyle of thinking and self-talk, thinking that way, talking that way, would impact your life? Because who doesn't everything perfect all the time? I mean, you, you 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 fry egg. I don't do that that often, but when I do, my eggs don't look perfect. But can I eat the egg? Yes. Eat the egg. It might not have the perfect round edge. Just cut the suck off. Just cut the day off. But 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 think about it, guys. Okay, you're a mother or a father, and you're raising children. How are children, how do children act? They act like children. But you know, you want Billy or Johnny to sit, or Sally to sit in the chair and not move. That's all or nothing thinking. The child crossed the legs, so all of a sudden, you, you, you made noise. What is the child supposed to do? But all or nothing thinking is intense. But healthy people, they see variations and exceptions So they say to themselves, well, my child is a child, so children are supposed to make noise. Children are squirm a little bit. I know adults that squirm. Y'all been sitting beside people in church and they squirm all the time. And you know, like you say, get off me, man. Get on your side. But that's the thing. But if you're healthy enough, then you'll start to say, how can I look at this different?' So let me give you uh, some, some things to avoid. All or nothing thinking. Avoid absolute statements like all. Y'all understand what I'm saying? Always. She always does this. They are always late. They always disrespect me. These are all or nothing things, things, statements that you're making that you need to make an adjustment to. Every time they are always late, and every time I go over there, they are never home. That never happens to me. You, you ever hear somebody give a testimony, and then somebody throw their thing, well, God never gave me anything. What, what did they say? What was the all or nothing statement? Never. God never gave me anything. So if you, you get away from these things, is there a possibility of a gray area? So these are things that you can use to overcome all or nothing thinking. Is there a gray area in this? Do they really do it always? or do they do it 90% of the time? Can I see a gray area? Do I always have to be right? Y'all know people that always have to be right? Amen? Don't don't turn to your right or left if you you with some people, because you might tell, tell on yourself, they always gotta get it right. Is there a gray area? Can they be wrong every now and then? Is there a possibility that if I have a cookout and I, as all or nothing thinker, all I see is Sun, in my vision, I just saw the sun. Can I have a little gray area if a cloud goes by? Can I still enjoy the cookout? If I didn't invite Sally and she shows up, is it a gray area that I just let this slide? Or will I say to myself that the cookout is ruined because Sally is there? I did not invite her. You stop where you are, you go check your list, and you're looking for Sally. <laughs> what happened to the cookout? Guys, I'm serious. This stand is serious. Y'all ready for this? This is the last one. This, this is going to be the most challenging one for all the nothing thinker. Give yourself some compassion. Y'all know what compassion is? It's like, okay, take a deep breath. It's going to be okay. I'm still going to have fun. I made a mistake, but it's okay. Nobody died. I can do it again tomorrow. I still have my life. Tomorrow is a new day. Give yourself some rest. And just chill out. So give yourself some compassion. Let's say that word. Give yourself some compassion. So let's just say compassion. Compassion. Today I'm going to practice compassion. So these are all or nothing thinkers, okay? Now remember, I'm not making light of the situation I'm telling you how you have to change it in order to stop walking in depression. Because in Philippians 4, it says, Think on those things that are true, honest, just, pure, lovely, virtuous, of good report. And those things that you have both heard and seen and received in me do, and the God of peace will be with you. So in order to operate in peace, I have to think different. In order to think different, I have to speak different. So I just use one of those. Because see, you don't have to have the whole Bible in order to have victory in your life. You just have to have one scripture that you believe in. And for me, it's that. So I remind myself, in the translation that I use, it says virtuous. Think on those things that are true, honest, just, pure, virtuous. That's that's life-giving. So I focus on what is virtuous. No matter what happens, the first thing I'm going to look for, I'm not even going to look for a gray area. I'm going to look for what's life-giving. Is life giving me thinking about what you said to me? Now, let's say I got to come up and minister the word. And you meet special people. Y'all know special people in church. So all of a sudden, someone comes up and they say something special to the past. Pastor, I don't like how you minister that word. So it's like, okay. Now, I can be offended by them or I can go to life giving. Well, I think God called me to minister the word. Now, I'm going to say that to myself. I'm not even going to say that to them. I don't have time to say that to them because I have people. That God gave me that's waiting on the word of God. So I'm going to go life-giving. Y'all meet some special people at the the, uh, the store. And I mean, sh- do they have the right to take all your time by something they said at 9 o'clock in the morning? The first thing I'm going to do is go, what's life-giving? My wife uses them all the time. That's the last time I see them. So I'm going to think about somebody that I won't see again. Because I'm definitely not going back to that store. So, so guys, what's life giving? So, okay, all right. So we're looking at um, giving yourself compassion. Let's look at a scripture about that. It says in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, and the amplifier. I like to amplify because it what? Amplifies. Now, when I read this, I want you to think about yourself. Be kind, and the scripture says, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Be kind and helpful to one another. Can I be kind and helpful to myself? Okay, because whenever I read scripture, I always take it personal. So I put Paul in there. You can put Sally. You can put Johnny. Okay, and it goes on to say, "To one another, tender-hearted, compassionate and understanding, forgiving one another, reaching freely, just as God in Christ also forgave you." You following? So let me read that again. Be kind and helpful to Paul. Be kind and helpful to yourself, tenderhearted, compassionate, understanding, forgiving yourself, just as God in Christ Jesus has also forgiven you. So, guys, for number one, about all or nothing thinking, the biggest gift you can give yourself is compassion. If you need a scripture for it, you got it right there. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Now we're going to talk about fortune tellers. That is another attribute. Or this this distortion of your thinking that causes the compre, causes depression to manifest itself. So with a fortune teller, what they do now, I'm not talking about the ones that read the crystal ball. I'm talking about if this is a way of thinking and causing depression to manifest itself. So uh, this is the characteristics of a fortune teller. They predict the worst possible outcome to a situation. Okay? They hear a noise in the car. First thing they say is the engine is blew up. All it was was it ran over a can. Okay? Now, this one is a little challenging. Um, someone calls you, the supervisor calls you in the office. Uh, Paul, I need to talk with you. What, what, what's the fortune teller going to say? You're about to get let go. You're about to get, get fired. About, about to get demoted. What did I do wrong? You ever been called into the office and they gave you a raise? Yes. She, she, she said she received it. I have one or two that says yes. But a fortune teller, their mindset is the worst possible outcome. You get a call from your your, your, your child. Oh, they must be in a wreck. Oh, they must got arrested. They must did what? Y'all fill in the blank. Got kicked out of school. Out of school. They just called and say I forgot my lunch. But a fortune teller will always look for the most possible, the worst possible outcome to every situation. But check this out. The way that that this works, because remember, you are spirit beings, so what you say is spiritual words, not just natural words. So what happens is, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. as a fortune teller, because if they predict all the worst possible outcome, then what happens is, it has to be a self-fulfilling prophecy because if you're saying it to yourself, remember we said that whatever you say to yourself over time will be verbalized. So you are going to start talking about it. So write this down. This is the first thing you got to write down for today. We gravitate towards our strongest belief. We gravitate towards our strongest belief. And when we gravitate towards it, that means we believe it, and then we'll start to act on it. So, for example, if I'm a fortune teller and I always gravitate towards my strongest belief, then if my belief says that I'm a loser, I'm going to gravitate towards everything that causes me to lose. My relationships, how will they be? At a loss. My jobs, how will they be? Got to be the low man on the totem pole. I got one question. Yeah, so we have a question. What is the difference between fortune telling and speaking God's word? which is faith over your life. Okay, so the main component that I said was a fortune teller predicts the worst possible outcome. The word of God, you speak the best possible outcome. And and, and if you don't want to go ahead and add to that, the best possible outcome, with the word of God, you're speaking the only outcome. Everybody got it? So that's the difference between Fortune-telling, you speak the worst possible outcome. The word of God, you're speaking the only possible outcome. All right? But remember, in order to speak the word, I got to what? Know it. So uh, if you, worst possible outcome, I gravitate towards my strongest belief. So if I'm rejected, how will, what will I expect to get? Rejection. Now guys, remember, all these are designed to allow, see, in order to get healed of something, this is just my, my mindset. I need to know what's going on. I need to know how is this thing operating in my life. So if, if I'm dealing with depression as a for a client, I'm going to ask them certain things that will allow me to get to the core where their issues are. And so, like I said before, these are the three core I've seen consistent. So if I believe I'm rejected, I have a healthy relationship here and an unhealthy relationship here, I'm not going to gravitate toward the healthy one because they won't reinforce my rejection. I'm going to walk towards the one that's unhealthy because they will be the one that reinforces my rejection. I say something, oh, that's not right. They're always correcting you. They're always finding something that you're not doing right. But that's what you spoke upon yourself because that's what you believe. You gravitate towards that. So if fear is one. I'm going to gravitate towards fear. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So that person will go out late at night to decide to go walking. Cause that has to reinforce the fear. Now the sun is shining. The day is bright and no, they're not gonna walk then. They want to walk where fear can be created. Everybody understand? Okay. All right, so these are what fortune tellers say. I would talk to her, but can y'all feel in the butt, but she might snap at me, but she might be upset with me, but she might not give me the time of day. What, what did I just do? I predicted the worst possible outcome. What if they don't like me? What if they don't hire me? What if they don't support me? What if they won't help me? They will say. See, a fortune teller always predicts the conversation, but the worst possible one, because you know there's, there's people that you want to talk to. There's people that you might need to correct something in, in that relationship. But the fortune teller is always going to find the worst possible outcome. It won't work because. Y'all know Debbie Danner? I I know some Christians look at Saturday Night Live. Some of y'all do. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You you know Debbie Danner? She always finds something wrong. Debbie Downer is a fortune teller. I just want to let you know. Wah, wah, wah. So you just got to know who Debbie Danner is. Uh, look for it on YouTube if you never saw it, and, and, and y'all let me know what you think about Debbie. De- Debbie got some issues. Debbie needs some counseling. Debbie had to come to me for counseling, though. <laughs> Another thing a fortune teller will say is, "Once I get it, I'll just lose it." Now I will tell you that a fortune teller is kind of exhausting to be around because no matter what you say, they have something wrong with it because it doesn't line up. They have to bring it in line with what their prophecy. Okay, got another question?
0: Since we know we are getting closer to Christ's return
1: and things are getting worse, is it fortune telling to think that things are going to get far worse? Okay, so I don't have to fortune tell that because the scripture already says that. Okay, the scripture already says nations will rise up against nations. But see, what people are looking at is they are thinking China against America. In scripture, a nation is one person because one person can create a nation. You understand what I'm saying? So nations will rise up. People will rise up against people. People will become lovers of themselves. So I don't have to use fortune telling when I have scripture to already say what the outcome is going to look like. So once again, that's the major component.
2: And then the second
1: part is, and how do we avoid anxious feelings Knowing that time is winding down. Okay. How do I avoid ancient feelings knowing that time is winding down? Excellent question. So, see, then then I have to go back to the way I'm thinking. What's life-giving for me? In the midst of everything that's going wrong, what's life-giving for me? With the situation that happened with the young man that had cops on his neck. Now, what's life-giving in that situation? I need to pray for that man's family. I need to pray also, now this is not gonna sound popular, I need to pray for the, the police officers that stood by and saw certain things going on, saw this man dying. I need to pray for them. I need to pray for the nation.
2: This concludes today's message on Challenge to Change, where real transformation begins with you. With Pastor Paul Morgan. If you are ever in the Richmond, Virginia area, Join Pastor Paul for Sunday service at 10 a.m. at Chosen Generation Ministries. The website is www.chosenrva.com or call at 866-333-9505.